Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules are simple. Here at the Dream Factory, we can discuss as many film ideas as we like, sent by you, the you, the listener. But only one can be taken through to the next stage, where this week, the leading star of said movie will take up a recently vacated position on the board of the Academy and exclusively vote for films like Gigli and Battlefield Earth in the best picture category. I'm Joel, a man who puts the more in Morbius. Give me more, John. I want more. And across from me is John Harris, a man who, despite being French, until very recently thought that Mini Vanilli was actually a regional variation of Milfoy. Didn't you, John? Isn't that right? You thought it was, yeah. you know, you'd never been to certain parts of France and you thought that Mini Vanilli was just a, a pastry that you couldn't get where you're from. I like the idea that Mini Vanilli is like, what are those, what are those ice lollies you have for kids? Mini milk. Yeah. Yeah. The vanilla one is mini vanilla. I'm going to use that. Did you like a mini milk as a kid or did you feel like you've been shortchanged whenever you got one? I have no frame of reference to remember that kind of stuff, Joel. But um, I mean, it wasn't a rocket lolly, was it? It wasn't a rocket lolly. It wasn't a fab. It wasn't a Solero shots. It wasn't any of those things. I feel like a mini milk. We're talking about the 90s here, an age where (laughs) sugar didn't really matter. And I think the mini milk was often viewed by parents as the healthy choice. Yeah, I think it still is. I think it's still seen as like a compromise. But, so um, you're saying yeah, I should have I'm one for sure. breakfast? What, Actually, what yeah. you, should, you should get your mini milk out the freezer, roll it in some oats. I think you're good to dipping go. it in my porridge, yeah. Yeah, perfect health snack. Good what? stuff. <laughs> we're not here to talk about mini milks in porridge. No, we're here to talk about films. I, I was wondering, John, because this week's very exciting. We've We've got some new listeners to the show. Thanks to a shout out by the wonderful Beck Hill. And I was wondering, as I was reading and writing the intro this morning, I thought, does the intro to this podcast actually describe what, what it is? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, it does. Point, the rules are simple. User-generated. What does that mean? Well, it I, sounds I don't know. cool. I don't even, yeah, but you haven't said it 200 times like I have. <laughs> it's provocative. It sounds cool. <laughs> it's edgy. Yeah. That's cool. our we niche. We're user-generated. We, we don't call them listeners. We don't call them friends. We call them users. <laughs> ah, Yeah. <laughs> And another user has submitted it. I love it. We should, okay. we should double down. Hey, basically, guys, you send us your film ideas and we don't really talk about them. But please keep sending them in. Please. Uh, shall I go first? 
Yes, please. On the subject of the shout out, so this was on a podcast, A Problem Squared, and uh, that is with Beck Hill and uh, YouTuber, comedian and mathematician Matt Parker. And she described the show and he immediately, out of nowhere, pulled out The Fast and the Spurious. Yeah, which I didn't like because it sort of proved how easy this is. <laughs> and in my experience, maths, very difficult. Very, very difficult. What worried me, John, is if we would have some sort of Freaky Friday body swap comedy situation, he would be totally comfortable in my chair right now and I would crumble. In seconds, I would crumble if I had to host a podcast loosely related to maths and science. And uh, it just, there's no chance. Well, the good news, Freaky Friday isn't real. That is good That's- news. Spurious. Talk to me about the word spurious. How do you feel about it? Have you used it? I haven't. Do I use spurious? No, I don't. Spurious, it feels a little bit... something a little bit like tabloidy about spurious, isn't there? Don't you think? Spurious claims. Yeah, that's that's the concept I think you hear it is claims. It's a word no one says, but you see written down in gossip articles, I would say. I don't know. So it basically means like a, fa- a falsity or like there's some sort of mistruth to what you're seeing potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What in the world of drag racing and Vin Diesel is not true? I think it all it's all true, isn't it? He punches a submarine. Well, that's all true. They're documentaries, so it is difficult to find anything spurious in there. <laughs> what about what, what about what about? So we're going back to the we're going back to early days, Fast and Furious, right? Yeah, I've seen maybe the first two. Drag racing, simple, not not in space, yep. not you know punching submarines, and they they're just drag racing, and Vin Diesel keeps and finishing in last place, but claiming that he's the fastest driver because nice. his speedometer's broken. So he's like, they're like, I like it, I like it. You're in last place. And he's like, no, I was driving 400 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, he's at like the big end of season race in his Reliant Robin, <laughs> and he's out of his depth. I had this conversation yesterday, John. Go on. If you if you were given the opportunity of one lap around Silverstone, would you yeah. pick to do it in a Ferrari or a Reliant Robin? Well, I'm I'm less likely to die in the Reliant Robin, aren't I? Actually, no. Equ- equally dangerous. <laughs> uh, I I I think the Reliant Robin. I think I'd. I I think I can imagine what it feels like to drive a Ferrari because it's four wheels, and I've been in cars that are relatively quick. You know. Shout out to my Peugeot 106. But a Reliant Robin, the experience of the three-wheel car, that's not one I would pass up. If any if any of our listeners own a three-wheel car and they're willing to let me drive it around, I will travel <laughs> to wherever you are in the world. What an offer. And what do they get in return? An audience with Joel? Yeah, they, we just got to get to hang out. I'll buy them dinner. I'll drive them oh. to, to dinner in the three-wheel car. <laughs> right. So the end of the movie, Vin Diesel is at Silverstone. He's competing at the Formula One somehow. He's back <laughs> of the grid, obviously. And it, this is a nice family film, so it's not fatal, but there is a big collision at the beginning of the race that means everyone else is eliminated and he wins. No, here's what oh, happens. He's in a three-wheel car, so his pit stops are quicker. <laughs> and, he makes up, the- and he makes up enough time <laughs> to finish on the podium. Why haven't Red Bull thought of this? <laughs> Well, we're in, I think we're in a break in the Formula One season at the moment. There isn't a race to, today recording on Sunday, but next week there is. So they've got a week. <laughs> they've got a week to put out. Lewis Hamilton will turn up next week in a three-wheeled Formula One car and change it. Yeah. it. It will be like when they invented the Fosri flop in high jump. It is going <laughs> to revolutionise motorsport. We've just done it. 
Um, hey, how about this one from Lizzie? To all the boys I've loved before, spelt boys like a life boy at sea. Lovely. Now, for what reason would you love a boy? It, maybe it saves your life. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, that- so maybe... <gasps> yeah, you know how people fall in love and marry inanimate objects? Yeah. You're, you're oh, drowning yeah. at sea, you cling on to a boy, it saves your life, and you bring it ashore and you marry it and... You you know you you have a, a a long happy relationship with the boy until one day you come home and the boy is in bed with I don't know a big salmon from the supermarket and you break up and you've got to readjust to life without the boy that saved your life. <laughs> have you seen to all the boys I loved before? Because no, I, I don't I, know what the hell it is. <laughs> I, is it not is it not similar? Is it not similar to what I just described? <laughs> yeah, uh, there, there is some fish based adultery. Uh, you'll be yeah. pleased to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it and I believe the protagonist she writes a bunch of letters to all the boys she's loved but not like not a mutual love like as a sort of unrequited unrequited loves as a sort of process of sort of coming to terms with with you know teenage life etc and then my name my name is earl style i get it i get it and then for some reason for some plot contrivance the letters arrive at these lovers and so that's where (laughs) how does that happen uh, she fought, she slips and posts them in a post box. No, she's walking with the letters, sure. and she she slips over on a banana skin, and she just throws them all into a post box. I think the mum sees them and decides and see thinks, oh, these must these must be intended to mm. send. I don't know. And so they get to, and then she gets into a relationship with one of the guys because he d- doesn't want to be in a relationship with. Oh God, I've lost it. Right, there's letters involved though. Is can, can we? Can we send posts to inanimate objects ha- in the sea? You, you'd have to laminate them. Oh, yeah. But otherwise, um, I don't see a problem with it. Oh, a message in a bottle. Oh, that's cute. She puts the messages in a bottle and throws them at sea as a way of getting rid of them. But somehow, they all find themselves at the original boys at sea. Ah, oh, that's really cute. What about this one from Randy? The Man DeLorean. The Man DeLorean. We on board? Well, the car? Exactly. Here's the fundamentals of the plot as I see it. This is from Randy. After finishing fourth in the 100-meter finals of the 1984 Summer Olympics, Ron Brown gets in touch with his scientist cousin to see if he can help improve his training. Now, I don't know whether Randy has gone... Like, if there is someone called Ron Brown who was fourth place at the 1984 Olympics, or this is just detail that Randy's bringing out of... Either way... Amazing. Huge respect to Randy for this this level of detail. Randy, worth noting that people normally just send us sort of two or three words. No, this is... Hey, we asked for this. We asked for big emails. So I am all over this, Randy. Absolutely. Through a year of hard work and exposure to Libyan-sourced plutonium, Ron's running speeds improve significantly. Now, just to check, Libyans are like the bad guys in one of the... The Libyans! Yeah. Fine. So this there, there is context to Back to the yeah, Future. He hasn't plucked the Libyans out of thin air. <laughs> Unless was, Randy's got an agenda. Randy might have an agenda. <laughs> was, so was there a period? Or, 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 is Back to the Future the only film that uses Libyans as the bad guys? Or is oh, there, was there an question. era where they were like the, the Russians? Or de facto, something? yeah. The Libyans, were, maybe in the 80s, it was always the Libyans. When the Libyans learn that Doc is using the plutonium to help US Olympic athlete in the direct opposition to their boycott of the 1984 Games. Ah, there's the context. <laughs> they supply an unstable isotope, plutonium. Bloody... Joe, none of our ideas have ever said an unstable isotope of plutonium. No, this is ridiculous. Can confirm. This is amazing. 
This we need Matt Parker to be hosting this episode, <laughs> which, when administered to Ron, makes him run at eighty-eight miles per hour, thus sending him back to nineteen fifty-five, where he's to avoid boffing his mother and get back to nineteen eighty-four without fading into nothingness, or a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And I think we have to go surely, otherwise it's not the Mandalorian if there's no Star Wars reference. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So he has to. I don't understand how that would work, John. Please help me out. <laughs> I, I was I was fully on board until the 1955, and he had to find a way to because that if you're following the plot of Back to the Future, he would have to find a way to run at 88 miles an hour using 1955 technology. Oh yeah, maybe he would point. maybe maybe he would run down a really steep hill. Well, he's got the plutonium that makes him run at 88 miles. Oh, does he have to like take some or do yeah, something just a, before he a, runs? Yeah, it's a one, uh, one and done. One, he's one, not, like innately done, yeah. suddenly super fast. No, 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 no. So he mm. has to harness the speed but then there is hey there is a star wars reference in back to the future yeah because he yeah when he goes to george mcfly his dad in 1955 he says that he's darth vader when he's trying to freak him out to get him to do something and he plays van halen really loudly into his ears and he says he's darth vader and he's got that some sort of weird helmet on so it's all so, there so i just i just did a bit of googling and Usain Bolt, at his fastest, ran 27.33 miles an hour. Yeah, I mean... So this guy's running 60 miles fast. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't really considered the effect it would have on the legs. <laughs> or the Olympics. Just yeah, like, of course. <laughs> at that time, they weren't breaking 10 seconds, were they, in the 100 metres? This guy you would is have, now going to do it in like two seconds. You would have to start filming the 100 metre finals in the way they film The Matrix. There would have to be sort of like 700 cameras positioned along because otherwise you wouldn't catch the guy yeah so he's in 1955 and he has to use 55 technology to be able to run at 88 miles an hour again okay (laughs) on a side note just looking at the title the mandalorian would look great in a delorean i think he would yeah yeah i think i could see him rocking up i'm not sure the wheels would handle the sounds of tatooine too well but uh, generally the aesthetic sort of vibes that sort of gray yeah, it kind of looks a bit like a land oh. cruiser yeah i could i could see that yeah well in back to the future too john they don't even, they don't need roads think about oh, that i've heard rumors um that. time travel hasn't been engaged a lot in the star wars universe as far as i know i'm sure someone might mm. might tweet being like uh, actually in legends for the book you know this character does it but generally i don't think time travel is something that star wars has contended with so that would you know it's messy well, do you, you think they'd like go... to go? Do you think they'd like to go back and remake the most recent prequels or sequels? Uh, sequels. Maybe. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. We could go back and remake everyone that isn't the first three. Or Mandalorian has to go back in time and stop Anakin and Padme doing the deed. No, that's good. That's bad. I'm not sure the ramifications of them. No, not it's having good because they have Luke. Yeah, but if they didn't have sex, would they then not? He wouldn't become Darth Vader. Because she mm. dies during childbirth, right? Yes. Here we go. God, we're getting too deep into this. John, um, how do you feel about the fact that Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, when they when they come out just before I already kickoff, can tell you I have no feelings on this. But go on. No, yeah, I can tell you right now, you're <laughs> going to love this. So generally, football teams come out to a song, right? You know, a song plays yeah. in the stadium to amp everyone up. And clubs have sort of long historic associations with a lot of their songs. My team, Charlton Athletic, play the Red Red Robin. So like What's a nickname, the, nickname that a... goes by when the red red robin goes bob 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 in a long it's like a ye oldie fill song the, fill the opposition no, the with crowd, fear the crowd, are, the crowd are clapping uh, yes it does um, okay. 
it's a vicious, vicious bird of prey. And uh, um, West Ham, singing I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles. You know, these are songs that everyone associates with the clubs. Tottenham Hotspur come out to Jewel of the Fates from The Phantom Menace. Love it. I think I love it. Isn't that weird? It's like their new stadium's like an 80,000 seater stadium. And there's a huge light show. You know, it's like lights out. And then pyrotechnics, lights, everything. While they're playing Jewel of the Fates. It's like Harry Kane's walking out of the tunnel. It's quite I think, strange. I thought you were going to say the Imperial March, which is... No, I'd like imagine that's more suited to a club like bad. Chelsea or uh, maybe Newcastle now, yeah. Jewel of the Fates is sort of... It is associated with Darth Maul, so that's that's your issue there. But it's also sort of just associated with a fight, so you can just say, well, yeah, we're the two Jedi in that fight rather than Darth Maul. But I, I, I do... But it's more it's that they're quite playing intense. a song from The Phantom Menace. It's quite strange, don't you think? It's the best... It's... Well, is, that, is this the closest say, you've ever come to being interested in football? Yeah, uh, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna claim that it's the best piece of Star Wars music, but I think that might get me cancelled. So I'm gonna take a <laughs> say second. it, I, say it, say it. Look, no say matter it. how bad any of the other Star Wars films, John Williams has always brought his brought his A game to every single Star mm-hmm. Wars movie. They yeah. all sound great, and Jewel of the Fates. That's what uh, the Kenobi trailer came out recently. And they mm-hmm. absolutely played me like a fiddle by dropping Jewel of the Fates halfway through that trailer. Spurs fans went crazy. <laughs> they were like, they thought, they thought they, in they, it. They, they, thought that, they thought they'd signed some player called Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> they thought it was like an announcement video. I've seen um, some football announcement videos and they're basically on the budget of, of yeah, yeah, that trailer. Yeah, I, I would say the Obi-Wan Kenobi they'd be a, the trailer, they'd be a little disappointed with the effects. And the... <laughs> right. How about this from Josh? We'll get the first one out of the way. The Pursuit of Slappiness. Great, We've, look. It's a pun. Brilliant. It's a great pun. It is worth pointing out that John and I, the last episode we put out, talked about the Oscars, having recorded it ahead of the Oscars. And when it came out, we just sound like a couple of Egypts. Like, we're just like, yeah. oh, the, it's the, I think the Oscars are coming up soon. Oh, and the Oscars this weekend. Who cares about the Oscars? And, it, you know, it's like the biggest non-war or pandemic-related news story the last three years. So that's good. It's also just also worth noting that we're saying this 12 days later, but Josh tweeted us that brilliant pun about... 20 minutes well not 20 minutes after but the morning of so he was he was on fire we're now lukewarm at best and and speaking of josh being on fire this might be one of my favorite ideas ever to this podcast it's the invention of lying down (laughs) (laughs) i love it so good so the ricky gervais film the invention of lying he lives in a world where everyone tells the truth the whole time and then one day he realizes he can just not do that and obviously, if you become the first person to ever tell it, like you, can, you can say, you know, I'm a million. You can go into your bank and say, I'm a millionaire. And because there's no concepts of lying, they'll just give you a million quid because they, you can only tell the truth. There is only truth. So I imagine in this, Ricky Gervais discovers that people don't have to stand up all the time. <laughs> like there are no sofas, there are no beds, and no one's ever lie, lay down. And maybe people are just exhausted because they yeah. have to sleep. They have to sleep standing up. And so he. You would essentially become superpowered, I think, by discovering you could have eight hours sleep at night lying down. Like you become a god amongst men, right? That's yeah, I think so. Ricky Gervais is the only man without enormous bags under his eyes. Yeah, the only yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not just so exhausted. so well rested, so energetic, and so he 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 becomes. I imagine sort he would become sort of like a guru figure because people would look, you know, want to know his secret to happiness, energy, and he uh the truth is that he just builds a little bed at home and he sleeps 
Is he like Wim Hof? Is he going to teach other people about the... That, do you know what? That internally, that's what I've been trying to decide, John. I can't work out whether he should spread the good word of lying down or keep it to himself. I, I would imagine, hands up, having not seen the invention of lying, I assume the end is sort of he tells everyone and they come to a happy medium, which is yeah, I have, I've not we seen live it. I've not, I've not seen it either. I imagine that probably is the case. So yeah, eventually he gets outed. They discover his bed and they don't know what it is. <laughs> It's like some CCC footage of him just lying down. Yeah. Like, what? How? <laughs> uh, what? How have you done that? They think the video has been like turned <laughs> 90 degrees. Rotate the screen. Rotate the screen. <laughs> there you go. Brilliant. And maybe he becomes a billionaire selling pillows at the end. And that's, you know. Oh, that's, that's the end. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Uh, what about this one from Martin via email? As as requested, I think he opened the email saying, welcome to 1990s, guys. Gorillas in the Mystic River. Hey, two films I haven't seen. And two <laughs> two films I know that are quite important and good. Right. Yeah. Mystic River is a classic, he says. Well, I, 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 I was looking into it. It came out in 2003 and it's a thriller. And we were with Ethan Hawke and we, were, we would have been like 12. So mm. in our defense... You know that's not thriller time, and no. Gorillas in the Mist is is a is an older, but that's like a classic documentary, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Gorillas in the Mist. Gorillas in the Mist. Yeah, yeah. So I got the plot for Mystic River. After the death of Jimmy's daughter, Katie Sean, a police officer, investigates her murder, which leads them to a crime that took place twenty five years ago. I mean, uh, but we they're all, all gorillas. Did it. <laughs> Are they're all gorillas? They're all gorillas. It's Planet Planet of the Apes style. <laughs> that's a see that's an idea is in the universe of planet of the apes they should have made other genres of movie so yeah. they're normal movies it's just everyone is gorillas. Just, just everyone's gorillas yeah they've got gorilla thrillers they've got horror movies they've got gorilla slapstick comedy the slipping on a banana skin they can relate to <laughs> that's just that's just great observational humor in the planet of the apes <laughs> well yeah i think it's just mystic river but it's just a cast of gorillas oh lovely you like those old PG tips ads that were definitely fine. 
Were they chimpanzees? Chim- chimpanzee. They used to employ chimpanzees, and now chimpanzees are unemployed. You have to ask, is that progress? <laughs> chimpanzees are... They're out of work. See- <laughs> are you feeling sorry for chimpanzees? Maybe. There was, a re- again, animal branding. We, we're we big fans of uh, animal PR on this, this podcast, and chimp PR in the 90s was unbelievable. Yeah, it was through the roof. Everyone wanted a chimp. I that was my, you know, as a kid, my dream pet would have been a chimpanzee. Yeah, I had no idea in the nineties that a chimp could just rip your face off. That's exactly what I was going to say. Why? That's the new <laughs> PR is that chimps rip your face off. That's all you know about chimps anymore. Has an animal had a bigger downturn in like optics since the nineties than the chimp? Let us know. Great question. What anim- What animals were beloved that now we we're afraid of, and vice versa? Which animals rep- had its reputation turned around? The bee, the humble bee. People bloody love bees these days. Since bee movie. When I was a kid, I don't think people even bothered to differentiate between bees and wasps. Yeah, now, no, all bad. All bad. Now, bees. People love bees. And and there's like a, a thing, I swear, that happened where it was like furry bee, not furry wasp. But now yeah. people are like, no, you can get not furry bees and you can get furry wasps and stuff. So you just got to be nice to Ooh. everything. How oh, dare? How- it's really, I, like, I say this as a, quite a kind-hearted man but it is really hard to be nice to a wasp they're bastards and they've got uh, i know i know you can't really say this about animals but they've there is a look in their eye don't you think <laughs> there are there is there's an evil look to a wasp well that there isn't in a bee you think they're a bit more rounded and fluffy and friendly looking 100 percent, 100 percent a bee like when if there's a bee in the room i don't it's not an immediate threat we're just coexisting but if there's a wasp it's mano a mano it's like one of us will survive <laughs> I was the, the like so the size of an insect is like frequently dictated by the pitch of the the humming of them flying around. Mm, mm. And if you walk into a room and like I don't know, you, someone's like, "There's a wasp in the room. Can you sort it out?" And you walk in and it's like, <laughs> you're like, "Nope." <laughs> I'm gonna open some windows and <laughs> yeah. hope that it leaves eventually. Are you when there's a when there is a, an insect threat? Are you the designated person to help get rid of it? And what's your technique? It's pint glass and paper, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, well, you, you smash it with a pint glass, hard. and then you <laughs> take it. And then you, and then yeah, you take. It, and then you write a letter to the RSPCA. <laughs> Great stuff. Have you ever phoned the RSPCA? What? No. Gorillas mm. <laughs> in the Mystic River. <laughs> I phoned them. I phoned them once because there was a seal down by um, Virgin Cinema in Medway. What do they do? Like, do, does a person on the line know how to deal with seal by the cinema? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I can't remember what they did. I think I, I, I didn't stick around, but there was just a seal sort of in the mud. There's a river, by the way. It was it wasn't like outside a cinema <laughs> trying to get a ticket. Yeah, I just found the RSPC. I was a bit worried about the seal. I'd never seen one around around there before. Medway Valley Leisure Park near it was near Diggerland. It's probably the closest a seal has ever been to Diggerland. What about this one from Scroobius Pip? Deadpool. What? What? Deadpool. A guy called Paul, he's dead. Oh, right, right. Sometimes it's hard when you're just saying them. Yeah, of course. Uh, um, I, I imagine I imagine Paul, like you would have pulled pork. I couldn't work out what the hell that was. But dead Paul, just a dead guy called Paul. I'm into that. That's it? Just, does just, he fight crime? It? Is he a corpse? Well, it's, difficult, just... diffi- it's difficult to fight crime when you're dead. <laughs> Unless he fights dead crime. <laughs> he could be a zombie. He could be... A crime-fighting uh, zombie. Yeah, because zombies are, you know, they're all, they're seen as the antagonist. But maybe this is like a a hero zombie. I'm not yeah. sure what what 
but benefits, yeah, what are the advantages benefits of being a zombie? Are? Of Detective Inspector d- Zombie. Generally, zombies have a numbers game going on. It's not about their strength or ability. It's the fact there's yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's it. Maybe there's a horde of crime-fighting They're zombies. They're all called Paul. <laughs> They're all called Paul. Love it. Hey, what about ideas from me and ideas from you? Who should go first? <laughs> I could go first. Alfie Moon Knight. British soap legend <laughs> Alfie Moon discovers he's being possessed by Egyptian god Conchu. Hey, give me Alfie Moon's accent any day of the week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, based in these sort of East London vibes and sort, you know, I relatively interchangeable. Um, what's the actor's name? Oscar Isaac. <laughs> I was thinking of the Alfie Moon actor. Shane Ritchie. Yeah, Shane Ritchie, Oscar, Oscar Isaac, pretty interchangeable, I'd say. Following on from last week's conversation, which I'm sure we're going to reveal the results of, who's more famous, Homer Simpson yeah. or Spider-Man? In the UK, is Shane Ritchie more famous than Oscar Isaac? Oh wow! <laughs> I'm not doing. We're not every week. I'm not running a poll on our socials. John has, John, in the decade that I've known him, John has never said "Oh wow" to anything I've ever said. But <laughs> put the question of Shane Ritchie or Oscar Isaac to him. But that's it. That's what he likes. I finally cracked him. So yeah, so we're in we're in the Queen Vic. Perfect. Alfie keeps zoning out, and then maybe there's some like beef starting. Phil Mitchell's mm-hmm. come in. Apologies to anyone based outside of the UK who has no idea what I'm talking about right now. Phil Mitchell's come in. He is absolutely seething. He has turned a shade of purple you've never seen on a man before. Um, and he picks up the pool cue and he's he starts swinging around and then it sort of zones out. Mitchell's dead. Alfie Moon runs into the toilet of the Queen Vic, covers himself in loo roll, <laughs> and comes out and fights Phil Mitchell. Perfect. The end. Hey, Death on the River 8 Mile. There's like a group of hip-hop artists that are down on their luck because they do one of those reunion tours and they do a date in Egypt and one of them gets killed. And there's a lot of beef because these are rappers from the east and the west coast, from the south. But they've had to come together for this tour because they want to make money because, you know, they're 30 years since their best-selling album. Uh, So they go on tour together and it's fraught with tension and then... One morning they wake up and, you know, one of the rappers is dead. Say no more. Who's the, who would, the only thing I need answering That's is say who, no who more, would John. be the Poirot? Who would be the Poirot? <laughs> um, Who's hip hop's Poirot? Is it Rick Rubin? It could be, I don't know why I'm, in my head, because he's got a slightly nerdier voice, I was thinking Q-Tip. Yeah, Q-Tip's good. Q-Tip's good. I was just thinking, who's, who's like universally, who's not, who's going to be objective and not take a side? When it comes to East Coast, West Coast, the SoundCloud rappers, you know. No, I'm not bringing SoundCloud rappers into this. It's classic <laughs> hip hop. Okay, good. Beastie um, Boys. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't it's have the... a they don't have a horse in that race, do they? I don't think so. They're New Yorkers, but you wouldn't really associate them with East Coast hip hop. I don't think. Anyway, that's that's what happens. I, genuinely, when I thought of that earlier this morning, I thought I would like to watch that film, and that's always a good sign. Definitely. Um, not enough hip-hop films. You've got 8 Mile, you've got Get Rich or Die Trying. And not um, enough, not enough, John. Parody movies. It's the, de- the the parody movie has died. Someone should parody these two Kenneth Branagh films. You would think in the world of streaming and stuff that the parody movie would sort of do all right because mm. it's quite like, I assume they're relatively cheap to make and they're sort of this kind of thing. Second that people, screen. They just saw it on their, yeah, Netflix. They'd be like, yeah, all right, pop that on. Yeah, pop that on a garmophone. Weird. Weird. All right then, John. What was your favourite idea? 
Uh, it has to be Josh with uh, the invention of lying down. I don't think we did the best job with it, but you know. I would also give a special shout out to Randy for his detailed email, and I would encourage Amazing. anyone listening to send us emails. John, what's the email address? Dreamfactorypod at gmail dot com, uh, and let us know whether Libyans have been the enemies in any other films or in your own personal life. Are we doing an extra bit? Yeah, we got to talk about Homer and Spider Man. I've got the results. Okay, well, stay tuned. Hi, John. Well done today. Well done to you too, mate. It's interesting, isn't it? That I'm not. Look, is it a coincidence that we've we've come back doing film podcasts? Kermit and May have left the BBC. There's a slot. There's a slot open. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> There's a gap in the schedule, and this is what they call in football a "come and get me" plea. We're interested. We are, yeah. Call call our people. No, don't call us. Do you know what I couldn't deal with, John? Envision the scenario where, I mean, through a ridiculous set of circumstances, we get given asked to host that show. Yep. I would simply have to delete all forms of social media and could not look at a single email or text that came in because I couldn't handle that level of abuse. Because we would be aware of how stupid the decision was but we wouldn't say no (laughs) of course you wouldn't say no it's like a once in a lifetime opportunity but i simply could not handle the public's reaction there's no way (laughs) i just live in denial would your first link be just yeah i know it's i agree i just i would never give out the text number or the email address (laughs) (laughs) right last week on the show joel asked the impossible question which was well, two questions. Who's more famous, Homer Simpson or Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. And then who would win in a fight, Homer Simpson or Spider-Man? Yeah. So I did it on Twitter on Tuesday, but I actually mm-hmm. forgot that you can also do it on Instagram. So uh, I did that this morning, Sunday. So that's currently still running. So the, the numbers I'm going to provide might not be the final results. Um, <laughs> okay. But This is like so election night at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. I've got a big map in front of me. Well, it's looking like it's looking like it might be a win for Spider-Man, but we haven't got the final count. Okay. Well, Joe, you, you you take the piss, but I'm I've actually got some extra stats in a minute that are Amazing. basically like that. Right, uh, Twitter, a resounding victory for Homer Simpson being more famous. In- that uh, is interesting. I so thought it'd be a fifty-fifty. Well, I say resounding victory. Sixty-three point two percent versus thirty-six point eight. That's pretty uh, resounding. Instagram is closer and it goes to Spider-Man. So it's 54 versus um, 46 to Spider-Man. Is that because people on Instagram are younger? Maybe. And then in terms of the question of who's going to win the fight, (laughs) both times it's basically 57% say Homer Simpson. What? That's, that's, I mean, that's wrong. Someone was slightly incredulous about the thing and sent me a message that they had Googled, has Spider-Man ever died? Uh, And it turns out he's died nine times. Okay, and Homer, Killed I'm guessing, never has. Venom symbiote, Terroraxia, whatever that is, radioactive spider. So is there a version of Spider-Man where he just, <laughs> it just dies? Kills. It's just like two pages long. <laughs> Peter Parker just gets killed. <laughs> NYPD. What the fuck is Whoa. this piece? This, uh, to be fair, I haven't fact-checked. This, this is Mr. You know Plow. Google puts up the best, yeah. <laughs> the best response. NYPD, Dr. Octopus, Spider-Woman, Thanos, Kingpin, and once from multiple attackers. What's interesting is Spider-Man has died nine times. Homer has never died. He's immortal. And there are... Well, I think there could be... I've not done this conspiracy theory. I've not checked, but there, there, is, there is a good case to make the idea that Homer is mortal. Firstly, none of them have ever aged in the 30-so years yep, they're on. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, they did that whole episode where he was a boxer, right? I was just where, about to say that. 
All and he does gets is a get cannonball hit. fired at him. One gets cannonball. Again. He falls down a fucking canyon at one point. <laughs> wow. So, so maybe people are right to think uh, Homer would win the fight just for yeah. sheer exhaustion on Spider-Man's behalf. Yes. So then I went on to Google Trends uh, because mm-hmm. I wanted this to be completely factually accurate. And if you go, to, so if you compare the American sitcom Simpsons versus Spider-Man, the comic book character, mm-hmm. um, it's sort of internationally it is Spider-Man. There's sort of no argument against it. In in the la- this is in the last five years, there's only a handful of countries where there's been more searches for the Simpsons than Spider-Man, including Ireland, Argentina, and Finland, and then the rest <laughs> of the sort. Why? The rest, <laughs> there is nothing Russia, to link those three countries. <laughs> But there are like so. For instance, Australia is forty nine percent The Simpsons, fifty one percent Spider Man. Oh. So I think this does. This is a good, interesting, valid question. It is. And also, you've got to remember, looking at the sort of interest over time trend bar, it is unbelievable how much sort of extra weight has been added to the Spider Man search terms last yeah. Christmas, when it was the most of important course. thing in the world for a brief period of time. Yeah. So uh, basically, we come with no sort of conclusive uh, the debate rages on yeah there we go i've wanted to share with you joe i've seen this a lot on twitter and i think people do it for clout but i this genuinely happened to me um overnight and i thought you'd appreciate it was when you think you've had an amazing idea in the middle of the night and you write it down and then you look yes. at it in the morning yeah uh, so i just in my google uh docs this morning there's just the words reverse olives which is <laughs> and i do remember so you get the filling of an olive and then you fill it with tapenade. So you get an almond and you fill it with tapenade or a piece of garlic and you fill it with tapenade. Right. What do you think? Reverse olives. Yeah, how do you fill an almond? <laughs> that's not for me to work out. I'm the <laughs> ideas the, man. That's the boffins. <laughs> so you're saying I shouldn't take that to Dragon's Den? I would keep it on the back burner. I would do a lot of home experiments in the kitchen first. Uh, have you been watching or enjoying anything? Have you, did you watch Moon Knight? I haven't watched Moon Knight yet. No, I've been a bit okay. nervous by the mixed reaction, and I have. I found it really difficult. I found the Marvel TV series broadly quite difficult to get into, on the whole. Yeah, and it, and if you sort of look at like Twitter excitement, and I basically my Twitter algorithms are set to Marvel at the minute as, as it yeah. stands. So like I get all of it, uh, and. Yeah, there's definitely a lot less excitement in general about Moon Moon Knight than there has been around. Well, the big ones were Loki and WandaVision and the bad ones were um, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Well, no, I I enjoyed Fa- Hawkeye Falcon was fine Soldier. for what it was. Falcon and yeah. the Winter Soldier was not Plotting. great. Mm. Yeah, not great. It's but definitely worth a watch. It? Yeah, it's definitely worth a watch and I watched the second episode of Peacemaker. Still really good. Yeah, definitely need worth, to watch definitely that. Severance, watch. I keep recommending Severance to everyone I see. Severance is brilliant. I was going to say, it's got like a, a surrealist vibe to it, right? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, yeah. Eternal Sunshine vibe. Yeah, it has. It's really, really good. And also on Apple TV, if you want some proof that Jared Leto isn't just awful in everything, that series we crashed about WeWork, where he plays the guy who founded WeWork, is actually really good. I've been really enjoying oh, that. Okay. Um, based on the podcast We Crashed. About how he like built the empire, but it's sort of all built on sand and it all goes falling to bits. But he's like the guy who created WeWork sort of believed in himself as like this messianic figure almost really. And so Jared Leto is quite suited to playing that role. Also, I haven't seen it, but I'm excited to watch on Apple TV Plus Slow Horses. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Gary like, Oldman. 
it feels like Apple TV sort of really entering the game this year, you know? Because before it was like, oh, yeah, I've got Apple TV. I'm going to watch the morning show, obviously. And then you're just, oh, that's I've used Apple TV now for its program. But now they, I think they're really releasing some good stuff. Yeah, um, so I think it was T- Pilot TV podcast was saying that the quality of stuff on Apple TV is really high. It's just there isn't yeah. stuff. So eventually, enough. eventually yeah. a couple of years in, I guess, you you have enough stuff and it's good. Um, there you go. Thanks, everyone. Cheers, guys. Have a lovely week and be lovely to each other. See you next week. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then you'll be the best listener.